Turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. Hey, we're live. It's Auto Dealer Live. How are you doing, Mr. Villa? It's good, man. Do you notice sometimes the sound? It sounds different every every it's, every show. It's like a surprise. It's like opening it up it's a surprise. A, yeah, it was definitely a surprise sound today. So. Wasn't it? Yeah, it caught me a little bit. Like, what did you hear? What did it sound? You, you, you ever wonder? You ever wonder? Like, like, the reason I'm asking you, like, what did you hear? I know what I heard. But but you ever wonder? Like sometimes if you look at like this little this little line right here on the piece of paper is blue. Right, but do you ever wonder that what that looks like to you may be green to me? Have you ever thought about that? Uh, yeah, because my wife tells me all the time I can't, you know, see the colors that. No, she's no, no. It, it would it would register to the same color. You'd say that's blue. I'd say yeah, that's blue. But what if when you look at that, if I could see through your eyes, it would be what I see is green. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Isn't that kind of freaky? It, so it my question cool. is, what did you just hear when the show came live? Well, I hear. Kind of loudness, mm-hmm. I guess, and like kind of airiness. Yeah, kind of like I'm in a yeah. aluminum building or something. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of yeah. crazy, like a garage. What did you guys hear? What did you guys hear? We want to know that for this amazing monologue that has this chock full of just just automotive, <laughs> you know, just content. <laughs> you know, that, until we bring our great guest on, you know, you right. get to hear from you and I. We were told this week uh, that you know, we, we, Lou, Lou kind of besmirched our monologue a little bit. Yes, he did. You know, yeah. In, in a, then he tried to tell me right in front of you and everybody else. He tried to tell me that's not what he meant. <laughs> right. It's like saying, "It's like saying you look a little fat today." And be like, "I'm not fat." And then, and then like five minutes later, you know, he debates with you like back and forth. Like, well, I mean, you're kind of fat. You, you, know, you, you kind of. And then like five minutes later, he's like, "Well, I, I didn't mean you like we're fat. I meant like right. that you're not as skinny as you. Right. Are. You're not as trim as you normally look yeah. for some reason. Yeah. I don't. Not right. fat. No. Yeah. Um, looks like Brad Pitt used to look. Right. Right. <laughs> Speaking of trim and looking good, mm. look, check you out with your, uh, you know, your floral shirt. Floral uh, shirt. <laughs> but it's kind of different. It's really cool. Like I, I mentioned when I first came in, uh, very eye-catching. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. Looking good. Looking good. You're wearing Flick Fusion. I got Flick Fusion. Video I got Warrior shirt on, baby. Yeah, I got Flick Fusion on my mind. So uh, so what are you guys up to in podcast land? Auto Dealer Live, this is the show where dealers go. We're so incredibly blessed and honored that you guys would join us today. We have a great guest list. And... Uh, and it's episode 313, Dave. Kind of crazy. Yeah, man. It's, it's uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that that's not like, you know, I'm hoping that that's not like, um, you know, reflected to like when, when somebody's about to, to die or like a dog nice. gets old. You know what I mean? It's nice. like you, you no longer go, oh, look at that puppy. You know, it's like the first four yeah. or five years are like a puppy. And then you start saying, oh, she's 10, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, he's, he's 12, you know, yeah. and he's limping around or whatever. It's like, uh, you know. So yeah. I, they started naming our I, our producer started naming them by numbers. I at, wonder what that means. At this point, it's reached some kind of milestone where they're like, "Will they even get to three fourteen? Yeah. So that's Help probably us. what it is. So. Help us! Come on, like it, share it, tell everybody, tell us Come if on. you want us to episode four hundred. Who wants to be on episode four hundred? 
Put your booking guess right now. now. Yeah. If, you got, if somebody just had a baby and you think by, they'll be old enough by episode 400 <laughs> to be on the show, then come on, book them down. Yep. Hey, let's talk about something, man. The month of February, uh, you know, um, records have been shattered in the car business in, in, the, in, in the month of February. Um, I heard great things. The month of January was a little bleak in, in, in some dealerships. The month of February, there was a comeback. I think that the optimism, the tax money is starting to come in. Uh, dealers are starting to really kind of come into at least, you know, what my ear to the ground's hearing. And um, March 1, man, when you look at the beginning of a month, no matter what you do, we're talking to car salesmen, we're talking to, you know, managers, we're talking to people in the automotive profession. When you're looking at the beginning of the month, Dave, what does that mean for you? You know, is it is it a, it is a it's over or is it a man I can't wait to start? Is it does it depend on how your last month? I mean, how much how much credibility do you put on what you did in February? For March, I mean, what does that look like to you? Well, there's a couple things going on depending on the dealership that you're at. Because remember, February, as good of a month as it may have may not have been for some dealers, but um, the thing is, it's a short month. So oftentimes, Dave, depending on how a dealer's done in February, they may carry over a couple days into March. So there's some out there that are that are still closing their final deals in the next day or two. And of course, obviously, uh, for those who have started their new number come March 1, that's a refreshing time. I mean, no matter what, you know, first day of the month when it's on the books, it's a refreshing time because now you have a new, you know, you're starting new. And uh, you're thinking about what are you going to hit this month? Are you going to hit that number, that 10, 20, 30, whatever it may look like for you individually? And then, of course, the dealer is thinking about that as well. You know, what's going to be our number for March? And March is typically a great month. Mm -hmm. You just said it. We're coming off of, uh, you know, tax season. And now um, it's not like yesteryear when, you know, people had to wait two or three months to get their taxes back. It's available like really quickly. So it's a great time for dealerships. And I think March is going to be huge. Yeah, I I, I agree. And um, we we have, you know, I look at it as, you know, going back to the the question when I look at, you know, how much of how much credence do I put on last month? You know, how much do I carry from last month? And I'll be honest with you, I'm going to I'm going to be very selfish as a salesperson with that answer. And I mean, I mean, I think you should as well. And, I, and let me let me explain myself. If you had a bad February, then you carry very little into March. It's a new month. You have a new beginning. What you need to carry into into March out of February is is learning the lesson to not repeat uh, that again, right? And and have two back to back losers. Yeah. Um, but if you had a great month in February, then stand on it and build upon it, right? And then remember what you did. Look at and analyze what it was that made a difference. It wasn't just, listen, we as salespeople sometimes, we fool ourselves into thinking that it was that it was just like, man, I just had a good month. And we say things like that. Well, I just had a good month. I had a really, really good month in February. You know, you look back in the summer, you're in the summer and you look back to the beginning of the year and go, well, February was really a good month. No, something happened, right? Something was something was put into place. You 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 did something or you stopped doing something that was either effective or ineffective to make that happen. It wasn't just by coincidence. And so I think that we need to, if we had a good month, I'm going to find out the key components to, to what I did that made that happen. And I'm going to try to repeat them and I'm going to try to um, to build off of them, right? Building blocks, right? Yeah. Just build something. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the cool things about the car business, Dave, is you you really can look back and really pinpoint it and measure, you know, where everything came from, mm-hmm. you know, the month before. So right. like as a salesperson, you know, hey, I, I got, uh, you know, eight deals because I sat down and made calls. I got three deals because I had repeat customers. I got four deals because I had a referral system going on. I mean, it's real easy to look and see 
you know, hey, where was I most fruitful? And let's let's focus on that. So mm-hmm. it's uh, that's what I love about the car business as well. Absolutely. Well, Dave, we're going to have a great show today, man. I think so. It's going to be an outstanding show. We've got a great guest list. We've got somebody on the show today that you and I haven't had on in a while, but he, yeah. uh, he's, he's back in the day. Matter of fact, uh, I'm going to mention, I'm going to take it away from you. You know how you take an objection away from somebody? Right. I'm going to take... I'm going to take the fact that Mike Carrera is going to say, I remember when you guys used to play uh, the old in- intro by uh, Motorhead. I'm going to take that away from you, Mike. You can still going to say it. He's still going to say it. He's going to find another way to say it. Right. But he always talks about the day when we had the old Motorhead intro back when uh, Mike Cherup was the producer of the show um, back in the day. Right. But um, it's going to be a good show. It is going to be a great show. In fact, there are three of my favorite people in the car business going to be on today. So it's going to be exciting. Who'd so. that be? Well, it's Mike Carrera, Mark, the one you were just mentioning, Mike the car guy, he mm-hmm. goes by. Uh, just an amazing uh, gentleman. We've got Anthony Alagona, um, mm-hmm. uh, again, another just great guy in the car business. Uh, just saw him speak, by the way, a couple of weeks ago at the uh, Internet Battle Plan here in Clearwater, Florida. He did amazing, rocked the house. Uh, along with James Klaus, James Klaus, yeah. uh, one of our favorites. You remember, speaking of memories with uh, guests, you remember yep. when uh, Jimmy came up to us, James Klaus, at uh, digital dealer, at digital dealer in, in Vegas. Las Vegas, yeah. was I think it was our first one over mm-hmm. there, and here comes Jimmy, right? And I think Mike the car guy came there maybe the yeah. first it was time. The to same, meet us. It was the same. It was the same, same event. Yeah. yeah, and Jimmy came up and just like, wow, what a how refreshing. Those are West Coast or like Midwest guys, you know. Yeah. Obviously, Mike was in California, and then Jimmy was up in Montana, so yep. we we got to see them at Vegas, and it was it was our first time out there, and it was really cool meeting them and and. Um, so it's you know it's good men you know what some of these guys don't get a chance to come on as much as they used to, and uh, but it's really cool to have them on today catch up right. a little bit. Um, you know it's Mike the car guy, it's Anthony the car guy, and it's James the car guy. These exactly. are car guys. Yeah, exactly. We need a car girl. We need a car girl or two or three to call in. So listen, if you have some questions today, we're going to jump to a commercial, come back, and we're going to bring our guest on. But if you have um, if you if you have uh, the ability to jump on a call eight one three. Five seven four one eight two zero eight one three five seven four one eight two zero. Luis Torres is walking around trying to figure it out because I threw a wrench, a big old monkey wrench, right in the middle of it. You should have seen it. He did a good job, though. He did a great job. Are we ready to go to commercial, Lou? Yep. All right, we'll be right back. We're back. We're going to jump into our three thirteen episode three thirteen panel. Without further ado, let's bring on. The man, the myth, the legend. One of our original, man, one of our original favorite guests. Haven't talked to this guy in quite a long time. Looking forward to catching up. We have Mike Carrera. We have Anthony Alagona. This is a guy who knows everything when it comes to BDC and how, how you can make it uh, make it work at your store. And then we have James Klaus, which is a man, just a, just an old friend of the show. Guy's doing great things in 2018. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. And again, I want to open up the phone lines, 813-574-1820. Uh, we're going to talk about some great things today. Cribs, I'm going to throw it to you, man. Yeah, thank you. So uh, so first of all, welcome to the show, gentlemen. And uh, we're going to start off. I'm going to kick it over to uh, James Klaus. James, first of all, uh, great seeing you recently at the Internet Battle Plan, and you definitely uh, you definitely brought it when you spoke, brother. Thank you so much for that, Cribs. That means a lot. Yeah, thank you. So, hey, you know, one of the things I wanted to open up the show with today is talking about uh, the value of a lead. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say lead so that the that the viewers know what we're talking about. Obviously, we know a lead 
uh, is really a customer, and and so I don't want to take I don't want to take anything away from the value by calling them a lead, but I also at the same time want uh, our viewers trying to understand what we're referencing. But you know, in, in today's age, uh, James, with dealers having so many ways to get leads, get get access to prospects, I I think something's occurred in the in the in the process uh, in dealerships where. You know, the, the value of the individual leads, slowing down and taking time to understand what each opportunity is, is kind of fading because they're so, at times, they feel so replaceable, we'll just buy more leads. What do you say? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a great question. So, so the thing with leads is this, is they're not replaceable. Every time you get a lead, it is a unique opportunity, and we have to treat them that way. The one thing we need to make sure everyone understands, whether it's a dealer employee, a salesperson, a manager, et cetera, is what it takes to get a prospect in your showroom floor. What it takes for somebody to actually fill out a form submission and know they're going to get 100 phone calls. What it takes you know, for somebody to pick up the phone and call your store. And what happens when they do that, we need to put all of our energy, all of our attitude, all of our effort towards that person and serving them and giving them what they're looking for, if we do those things and we put our customers' interests before our own, we put our customers' interests above all else, everything else will fall into place. Gross profits will fall into place. The customer experience will fall into place. CSI will fall into place. So we got to treat them like people, yes. we got to treat them like individuals, yes. But we just have to answer their questions, serve their needs, and understand where they're coming from because they're, they're trying to fill a void or replace a vehicle, and we're their guide in that journey, and it's our responsibility to treat them well. Hmm. Yeah, those are great points, James. And so let's let, let's go to Mike real quick. And Mike, I'll kind of ask you the same question. You know, as a former GSM, you know how valuable it is to have uh, clients in your showroom. And I think sometimes um, until we get into those real upper levels of management, we really don't understand the cost of acquisition and what the dealer is really spending for e- to get that opportunity, which e- each of those leads. Maybe speak on that for a moment. That's exactly right. Um, when you're looking at 100 leads, 150 leads, and you think to yourself as a salesperson, my close ratio is 15 to 20 percent. That means 80 of these are just wasting my time. You start to play that dangerous game of who's the buyer, and you stop reading through the lead and treating each lead individually, like James was saying so brilliantly. And that's what gets dangerous because as a salesperson, they don't really understand the value of the lead per se. They just know they're getting inundated with requests for email price quotes or phone phone calls coming in looking for the best price so we've got to slow those salespeople down and explain to them just continuously that complacency is a cancer if you're just thinking there's more leads give me the fresh leads do we got new leads can we get a new lead source can we buy more leads that's the wrong way to do it you've got to look at each lead as your only opportunity right there in front of you to sell a car that day and as soon as you can get your salespeople on board with that your close ratio goes to the roof. Everybody starts selling cars, and everybody's having fun. Yeah. Hey, hey welcome back, Mike. Um, I got a question, a follow-up question to that, too. You know, looking, Mike, at uh, – and maybe I'll, actually, I'll go to Anthony. I'll go to Anthony on this. Anthony, we're talking about leads here, and, um, you know, we're talking about leads, and we're talking about what it takes to, to get them in. And, you know, let's talk about what dealers are spending on leads. You know, you have a lot of a lot of money being spent on leads. Matter of fact, if, if I were to interview a dealer – and you guys tell me if this sounds about right. Um, I'm interviewing a dealer and I'm talking to him. You know, dealerships probably get their business from one of two ways, primarily the bulk of their business, and that's going to be from lead generation. 
you know, um, of whatever source, whether, whether, whether that's marketing, you know, lead generation, direct mail, you know, SEO, website, email blast, whatever types of marketing, IP targeting, Facebook. And then they're going to get, um, then they're going to go through referrals and, and retention and things of that nature. Um, so when you have that, that expense that's put out there, let's say $40,000 a month is spent on some type of lead generation, you know, are we, is it, is it, uh, Anthony, is it something that we need to do a better job of getting an RO, a better ROI on those leads? In other words, if we're closing 20%, we should be closing 40%. So therefore there needs to be a training mechanism put in place. Or is it that maybe we're spending, you know, too much money uh, or is it the lead source? You know, that's probably a dynamic. And I think most dealers default on to cancel the lead source. Uh, the lead source, you know, I, I need to change. I need to find a new one. But how much of that, Anthony, do you feel falls into the wheelhouse of, I just am not prepared to take it from 20 to 40%? Huh? Yeah, okay, so okay. Anthony's on the... Okay, let's, let's go okay, back. Sorry. So let's let me ask the same to... question to Mike. I mean, Mike, do you, I, I don't know if you heard the question because I addressed it to Anthony, but I mean, going into, uh, going into, what's your thoughts on that? Well, that's the, that's the magic bullet every dealer is looking for try to find the, the best lead source and increase your lead closing ratio without spending anymore, without buying any more leads. Uh, and the only way to do that is with the additional assistance of a double down on the effort of the salespeople. If you got a, a internet sales department that's just operating on their own, maybe look at a BDC to follow up because salespeople are, are, are hunters. They're always looking for fresh meat. So mm -hmm. internet salespeople tend to fall into that trap of forgetting the leads that came in seven to 10, 12 days ago. They just want to focus on the new leads. What do I got today to work on? What's fresh? What's, give me the Glenn Gary leads, the good ones. And we need to get the, the, the follow-up done and stay on top of it. Keep your name, the dealership's name in front of that customer's face because they may be considering a deal, you know, looking at the, what's coming up for Easter. What are the Easter specials going to be? I want, need to start thinking about buying a car now. And if they're forgotten by, about by the dealership, when they are ready to head out into market, their dealership's going to lose. That's good. Yeah, and let's let's go over to James. You know, James, you're you're obviously your VP of Sales at Dealer Teamwork now. Um, you've run dealerships, no 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 question about that. But let's talk about um, what's the pulse of of dealers that you're talking with now when it comes to the spend on lead generation. I mean. What are their thoughts? Are they, do you do you feel like you know they're they're continually searching for new things? Do you do you think that they're trying to move away from traditional things to save on the cost of of getting leads? Maybe digital things. So give some input there as to what you're hearing from dealers right now. Absolutely. So as we see our our margins, especially on new vehicles, compress even more in in 2018. Um, the value of cost of customer acquisition is very high. So I don't see dealerships having a problem spending money on leads. They will always spend money on leads as long as they're, they're quality buyers. They're the type of traffic they're trying to get. Um, we have a running joke here at Dealer Teamwork. How many leads does it take to sell 100 cars? Well, 100, because if they're the right leads coming from the right sources, then it only takes 100. I know it's an extreme example, but you guys get the point. So it's not just about lead volume, it's where are we getting the leads? Are we going after low credit customers? Are we going after high credit customers? Are we trying to sell $70,000 cars? Are we trying to you know, get somebody in on a 199 lease? It's all about the goals the dealership has and then getting them the right leads at a cost that makes sense to them. 
because not a dealer that I talk to every day, and I talk to a ton of dealers, would have a problem spending 100 or 200 or $300 on a lead that closes that day at a good margin. But they don't want to spend $10,000 on 100 leads or 200 leads, and none of them result in actual business. So we got to look at the leads as a revenue source. So as long as the leads have an ROI, and my store was always eight times, I wanted eight times ROI on any marketing, lead service, anything like that. As long as we hit their ROI goals, I don't see dealers having any problem spending money on leads as long as they're the right leads. Yeah, hey, Kevin Reed uh, just made a comment. Kevin, if you don't mind, I mean, I'm not sure if you're in a position to do it or not, but I'd love to have you call into the number on the screen, and I'd like to ask you about your uh, your latest comment there, maybe let you uh, weigh in as well. I know Jason Rice is watching. Jason, I'd love to have you call in as well, because I know you guys have an opinion on this. Kevin had a comment, and I'd like to ask him about it, and we'll wait to see if he calls in to, to, to read the comment and let him comment on it. And then, Jason, I know that you've got um, an algorithm and some 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 ideas on, uh, you know, what's effective uh, when it comes to um, this topic as well, because I know what, what I hear uh, James saying, and James, I mean, I, I I like that because I think quality leads. I mean, a lead is 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 really a lead is just um, a list. You know, I mean, yeah. in in reality, a lead is is just a list. It, until they agree to look at your program, they don't become, you know, a uh, they they don't become an opportunity, so to speak. And then when they agree to move the ball even further down the field, then they become a, a prospect really for your, your, your or candidate for your product. Um, but, I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, looking at that, you know, you know, are we, you know, I'd love to, and I know Anthony had a, I guess Anthony had something come up at the last minute. I know we put a video out today. But um, he, um, hopefully we can get him on because I really would like to kind of go the direction. Maybe one of you guys, Dave, maybe you could weigh in on this, to, to really go the, the route of, of how important it is, and I know I'm not just going training, man. I'm talking about the, how important is it that we, because what happens inadvertently is dealers will pull the bottom out from leads, or they're constantly changing. I was talking yeah. to someone earlier, and I said, you know, I mean, I don't think that there's a bunch of companies out there that suck, that provide leads in different fashions, but yet you hear a dealer say, I'm changing after three months, I'm changing lead sources. I wonder if it's not that it became watered down or got less, became less effective, I'm wondering if maybe it was taken for granted and all of a sudden they look around and, and we refuse sometimes as leaders to look at the fact that it could be an internal issue. And I'm wondering how much of that might go on when it comes to, you know, a lead source. And if we, yeah. and I think the answer might be found if we look back and see what's, what's the, the lead bridge that we've burned look like? How long is it? How many companies yeah. does it consist yeah. of? Well, this is, this is the whole thing. You know, it, it's natural for us as salespeople and, and just humans, right? to want the, the path of least resistance. Of course, we would want the hottest lead, the one that's most interested in our product, the one that's most ready to go uh, for them to, for us to just pick up the phone or, or, or get an incoming you know, inquiry and just make it happen real easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I was get, really getting to in the beginning of the show when I talked about you know, understanding the value of a lead. You know, many of those leads, Dave, they might be a little bit closer, yes, and you might be able to get a deal you know, a, maybe percentage-wise a little mm-hmm. bit better, but also that's the person that when they're closest to, um, yeah. to to pulling the trigger, Dave, they could be the least profitable. Yeah. I love the lead that you can pull out of or pull into the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's one of the, I think one of the, the things, for example, with direct mail, and I know we do that, but that is one of the benefits there. It's also a benefit when you mine your service department. You're going to pull yeah. someone in that isn't in the market. Mm-hmm. And all these different lead sources, mm-hmm. um, I just think that, you know, if, if a salesperson 
really could appreciate every single name on that list and 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 not just be you know going down the list like we talked about earlier but really understanding how valuable each that next call could be the one that uh mm-hmm. that you know that makes a difference so yeah and we have a caller in before we wait bring a caller on um or i bring jason rice is on the phone with us jason thanks for calling in and jason i, I want you to be able to comment but i want to i want to ask a question based on just what you've been listening to and then what cribs just said i brought up bringing a dealer on mm-hmm. our one of my reps is bringing a dealer on our program here we just matter of fact we had about three or four third or fourth conversation today bringing him on today in idaho and um and, and, and so we're talking to him, and he just happens to be one of these guys that I think is smart. And he's very inquisitive, asking a bunch of questions. He asked me something yesterday or the day before when I got on the phone with him. And it's interesting. It kind of fits into this wheelhouse. Jason, he said, he said, Dave, he said, I talked to, and he talked to Matt Lasko. He talked to a couple of guys, and they said, and they told him, you know, what needed to happen. And he asked me a question. He goes, why do guys like that and like some of the guys you're mentioning to me succeed and others don't? He goes, what is is it that causes them to succeed? And he was asking so that he would do it. And I said, you know, I won't mention his name. I said, you know, you know, I'll use John. I, John, you know what? You know what? I, 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 that's a good question. And I said, here's what it is. I said, I'm going to tell you that they work the leads. Right. I'm going to say, I'm gonna, you know, and I, so my point is, Jason, I wonder how when we use references sometimes, I think that, that, that as vendors, we can look good when a lead as a lead source because we have clients that make us look good. <laughs> I mean, so answer that, yeah. weigh in, and, and bring whatever uh, to, the, to the table and discussion-wise. No, you obviously, thanks for bringing me on, but you, you mentioned Lasco, and again, there's they're, they're somebody I do business with, and you mentioned them, and I know they're on the show quite a bit, mm-hmm. so I, don't, I feel free to be able to talk about it. And uh, I can tell you, and then again, across... 10 years traveling the country, I would say thousands of dealerships I put my foot into, the most successful stores uh, pop down. I, and I can tell you, I do weekly calls with these stores, and the stores that have the owner and GM involved, which the Lascos do, um, you know, those are the stores that, like you said, make our job look easy, and the results look easy, but it's their work on that end that's really making that happen because they're that effective. It's all top down and internet to, and, and leads. It's a whole. I started doing internet back in '97, '98, and believe me, it's it, and it still looks this way. It, it's like the redheaded stepchild. You know, back then they were taking. They, they didn't take if they had a fifty thousand dollar budget. They didn't take ten grand of it and put it toward internet. They added another five grand to the budget to do internet and try it out. So they really scrutinized that department um, and it's still done today it's scrutinized but you know the dealerships that really look at that department bdc internet leads all that stuff whatever it is it's process driven the gm dealer that's involved hands-on top down or that's to me is the total answer anybody that i sign up with that with our current stuff right now that we do weekly calls with if that gm dealer is not involved it, it, the success of it, it it's really trembling unless you really got somebody good at the store handling it it's good. Yeah, and, and good. thank you. Let's go to Mike Carrera Thanks, because Jason. yes, thank you so much. Um, let's go to Mike Carrera because I want to pose this as well. When we're talking about leads, quality of leads, and really understanding the value of a lead as a as a person that's reaching out to that lead or receiving that lead, um, I it, it, tell me what you think about this. I think Dave also you can weigh in as well, and James, but uh, we'll 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 pose this first to Mike. But but if we have a list of leads or or uh, clients that we're going to call. Dave, if you put three people and line them up and, and they're calling even the same person, would, mm-hmm. would you agree mm-hmm. that someone's going to have a different outcome? Sure. Which means that 
there is a value to that. In other words, you can't just say they're bad leads or they're good leads, right? Would you agree, Mike? Yeah. I totally agree. There are no bad leads. They're all opportunities. But mm. the difference is, is, you know, sometimes you'll, um, what they were talking about, lead providers. Sometimes you'll sign on a new provider, Joe's companies, and you start getting leads from them, and the salespeople aren't getting connected. They're not reaching the customer, not getting answers back to their emails. So it's it's easy to fall into that trap. Well, this is a bad lead provider. So when you come in in the morning, you open up your CRM, you see three leads from a great lead source. You jump on those with enthusiasm and vigor. And then you get to the ones from, you know, Joe's lead company. You pick up the phone, uh, leave a message. It's not really good. I'm not saying that happens every day, but it's easy to happen. If you look at each lead, read through the lead, get the information and pick up the phone with a smile on your face. Regardless of the lead source, regardless of where it came from, your chances are going to be better. And that's just the basics. Hey, yeah, can I jump in real quick? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. sure. And hey, while, while you're answering that, you know, I'd like to open up in uh, Jay Lasco, uh, Tony, some of you guys that are weighing in, feel free to call in as well. Jay Lasco, I don't know if that's a question or comment. I, by the faces, I'm wondering if he's saying there are no bad leads and maybe he's saying, what? <laughs> I don't know if that's what he's saying or what, but uh, then uh, El Patron or somebody said, work every lead. And, you know, there's all, we're all over the place here in, in different ways. But go ahead, James. Yeah, well, one thing I think we need to also add to this conversation is pipeline management. Mm. we got to train we got to update, we got to teach our people how to manage their pipeline. Today's the 1st of March. If we have a guy that does five or six deliveries today, right, were those really, were those deals that were created today? Probably not. They were deals that were created via the pipeline in February. So we have to remember there's a 30 day cycle, a 60 day cycle, a 90 day cycle. I don't think as dealers, we are educating our team on proper pipeline management. Mm -hmm. I know at IPD right now, David's talking every single day to his guys about their pipeline. Mm -hmm. Fill the pipeline, fill the funnel, more comes out the bottom. Mm -hmm. But you have to constantly be stocking the the, the top of the pipeline. So if we teach our people better pipeline management, better long-term strategies, but just if you put more in, you get more out. Put more in get more out stock the pipeline and you keep a lot of deals coming in that's great you know um, and i'll throw this out there um i think we have a caller coming in but um i'll throw this out there as a as, as something dave and i experienced at a dealership recently in texas uh we went to uh just did some training over a few days and um there was a list that they were talking about and that we actually role played with this particular group and about 12 15 salespeople. i don't know but um, in some seasons, some of the guys had been there like 10 years. And, mm-hmm. and matter of fact, one of the guys that role-played had been there 10 years. Yeah. And I was like, geez. You know, but, uh, but it's not his fault. You know, it's, it's training, and it's a lack of it. But he, anyway, long story short, there were three of these particular makes within a very somewhat of a close proximity. Mm-hmm. And this manufacturer's OEM gave these leads out. Do you remember what, the, not exactly what they called them, but basically they were, they were leads that the manufacturer, I guess, gave out that were, People have showed interest in that make. Yeah. Fair enough yeah. to say mm-hmm. that? Yep. Okay. And so anybody can call them in kind of first dibs. And they were asking us. They were afraid to call and talk to the customer. They didn't know how to call and talk to this customer that had already showed interest in it. So they weren't. And what they were, they, the, the objection that they were overcome, they couldn't overcome was if they're f- closer to this particular dealership than they are to me. So they were getting this small, really, in my mind, simple objection that would be, you know, I mean, it would be you know very simple in my mind, and they were just they were just caving on it, and so they would yeah. just literally blow through the list, and, and they actually begin to look at the list, uh, Mike, as is is invaluable or unvaluable, not valuable, and so anyway, I role played with them a little bit, and my my comment was very simple. I, I gave them a, 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 an idea. 
I'm like, when you're on the phone with them, I said, you know, find out what, what, I said, what makes you different? I said, do you feel like your dealership is a better place? I mean, I'm legitimately, do you feel like your dealership? And I had to ask this because you couldn't sure. tell by their demeanor, you know, um, but I said, do you feel like this is a better place to work? And I said, they go, yeah. I said, let me ask you a question. Do you guys have anything here that separates you? And I'm not kidding you. All of a sudden, like two or three of them go, yeah, well, we got this. And one of the other guys said, well, we also, we offer this, this, and this. I said, okay. That's how you get them in. Right. I said, what, you're, what just lit up on you, I said, you talk to the customer and say, look, I know we're maybe 20 minutes out of your way, but this is what we do. And, I, you know, and it's a lead that showed interest, and all you got to do is overcome 20-minute drive. Come on, man. You know, so uh, I, I think that, that there's, there is really, um, I think what happens, Mike, we, we, the least objection, and I think James has gotten a lot more perspective being on the vendor side. Uh, maybe th than he used to, we get this objection that can be overcome, but we stay away from leads. And, and I think that we, um, that's what keeps somebody from being, uh, maybe, maybe selling five, you know, seven more cars a month. I think that legitimately keeps people in that position. And so, you know, does that make sense to you? Have you ever had an experience like that, Mike, where your guys were maybe afraid to call leads because of objections that should be easy to overcome? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, there's uh, most of the manufacturers, anytime there's a, a big event, uh, whether it's a drag race or a county fair or anything where, you know, the OEM will set up a display and give out, you know, free sunglasses or whatever, just fill out this little information. Those um, entry forms will inevitably get distributed to all the dealers in the zone. And there's tons of salespeople that I, I've had working for me that see those leads come in and go, oh, this guy isn't going to buy a car because he just wanted the free tchotchke at the, the local fair. So they would automatically just mentally dismiss them. And even forcing them to do the tasks and make the calls and send the emails and do that, it was just, it was, their heart wasn't in it. But if you can find something that excites you and then share that with the customer, it's not selling anymore. You're just engaging them. So I would just kind of switch it up and, and tell the salespeople, don't call them to tell them anything. Call them to find out how the fair was. Call them to find out how the races went. Hey, man, I see you were at the races. You got your information from, you know, brand X cars. I didn't get the chance to go out there because I was here working. How was the races? Start a conversation. More often than not, it turned into at least a friendly conversation and a potential follow-up. Sometimes it would turn into a sale, but it, at the bottom line, they, they were creating conversations. Yeah. We yeah. have a caller. We have a we have a caller. Um, you want to read Jay? Are you going to read Jay? Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, I was going to read uh, Jay Lasco's uh, comment here. He when we were talking hey, Tony, about one second. I want you to. I want. You, I saw your comment on Facebook. I want you to. I want you to bring that up maybe in the discussion here. But let us read Jay's. Jay was clarifying his comment before we kind of shift gears on to what Tony's going to say. Yeah, yeah. When the comment was brought up here on the air about there being no bad lead, uh, Jay Lasco just said uh, I was referring to quality. Um, he said there is no bad lead. They're, uh, I can hardly see. They this. are all opportunities. They are all opportunities. I can get you. <laughs> no, he said, I, I can get you. It. He said, here, let <laughs> me get you. Old. There's some younger eyes. Look at it. Go I ahead. can get you leads all day long with bad phone numbers, fake emails, and Jane Doe names. If you want to buy them, call me. Meaning he's, oh, oh, he was okay, saying yeah. so that there, there are bad leads, and, and I don't know really what he was referring yeah, to. Yeah, I right? think he's talking about when you're purchasing leads and the information isn't correct, those are bad leads. And we certainly get that, Heck that's yeah. for sure. But um, I think he was referring to maybe a comment, I think El Patron or somebody said there's no bad leads. Right. Of course there are bad leads. And here, here's the problem. There are bad leads, and they're bad lead providers, and they're bad, and, and, they're, and, they're, and then there's bad, uh, there's, there's, there's just 
cheap leads and there's there's leads that again a lead is just a list and it's and it's mm-hmm. and and so you can get fine tuned and get you know but if you're pitching this is really you know the holy grail of leads and all of a sudden mm-hmm. your guys find out and you the quickest way to get somebody off of leads and not believe in it for a long time is to provide sucky leads right so there's two sides of that coin there sure, jay is 100 sure. right sure it's got to be accurate information so yeah. let's go to uh on the line um who do, who do tony we have Washington. on the line tony yep tito how you doing sir What's going on, y'all? Tony with the keys, man. Thank y'all for having me on. You're back. <laughs> You're welcome, Tony. So you've been can, listening. Can yeah, yes, we yeah, can. we can hear you. So you've been listening in, and uh, here's your opportunity to weigh in and talk to dealers. Absolutely. So, so uh, like I said, every lead uh, must be handled accordingly. It's, it's, every one of them is different, but also every lead is a seed, man. So. So every every opportunity that you get to talk to somebody, that you get to get in front of somebody, that you get a contact of somebody, whether it's a list, whether it's a phone book, whether it's uh, on 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 somebody else's car, like if they have their vehicle wrapped or, or anything, you know, every lead is a seed, and you can actually you don't have to sell to them; you can sell through them uh, to generate referrals. Uh, but I, I I had made a comment about you know a crazy idea about dealerships. Uh, maybe using some of that marketing ad spend to generate leads uh, on on their salespeople and creating superstars, creating rock stars, or the ones that are already rock stars, and creating some credibility for them to the masses whenever they're generating these leads. Uh, you know, and and presenting it to them in a way where people know who they're coming to see. People know who they're coming to see. People create their own leads for for the for the salesperson. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, that's that's just a crazy idea. Maybe that's down the line. Maybe it happened. It's happening now. But I also I negotiated just recently negotiated a deal with with my GM to to uh, to add to, to to join a, a network referral group um, in my community. So I'm in this group who actually uh, full of other business people uh, and generating referral leads. So these are these are even more warm. Just getting into the community. There's so many different leads, and every every lead is a seed. So nurture them, take care of them until it grows into a tree that's just dropping apples on you. Well, I appreciate that. And let thank, me say this too, regard. Thank you, Tony. And you know, regarding what Tony said, I think Anthony's on as well. But uh, and then uh, I, I, I'm not sure if Jason Rice is still on, but he, he mentioned on Facebook he wants to chime in. So I'm assuming he might still yeah. be hanging with us. But let me say this real quick because really, guys. And guys, you know, if you're listening to this, what what Anthony said is not only not far fetched. That is a lead because if you invest into your salespeople and you invest into branding them, right? And and for what reason? It's not so they can become a celebrity. It's so that they can reach out to the community and produce leads. Again, how does a lead? You know, what where's what is a lead? We act like a lead, you know, only comes from an algorithm or only comes from like, look, you know, I mean, a computer. But the reality is, a lead is a lead comes from networking. It comes from social media. It comes from meeting people. It comes from references and referrals. You know, I can tell you one thing. If Tony, you know, by the way, Tony's everybody loves Tony's. Every lead is a C quote. It must have went up three, four, five times, and. Uh, so you need to coin that, baby. But um, the, the, the deal is this, man. If, if your customers, your referrals, they need to become, they're sold already on you. You've heard me say this. This has been in my heart for the last month. Your customers are sold. If you go to Outback Steakhouse, you're sold yep. on it. But it's not your job. It's not your job to, to, to refer people to Outback. You're sold. Right. You're spending money. You're doing, you're doing more than your share. Mm-hmm. It's their job 
right, as a, as a restaurant to get you to become an advocate for them. To refer people. So go from retention and sold to referral and advocate. And that's, that, that is powerful right there. So, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's correct. And, you know, Tito, I like what you said about, you know, uh, going to the dealer and getting them to invest in you to help promote you. And, 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 it, and it's a wash for them. The one thing I would say, though, in, the, in dealer's defense, I know that dealers are becoming more open-minded to this idea. Um, but I would also caution salespeople to uh, to be patient. You, you've got to prove to the dealer that you know that you're consistent, that you have good judgment, that you're going to take advantage of the spend because you're asking them to spend money. So, um, but 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 don't let it stop you. So uh, let's go to Anthony Alagona. Anthony, we've been talking uh, all the, the entire show about the value of the lead. Do we understand what each lead can you hear me okay we can yeah we can hear you been talking about the value of the lead and really uh dealers really um understanding and, and when i say dealers i mean say right you know two salespeople as well uh really understanding the value of a lead by the way anthony was in a fender bender we understand and oh, had, no. to wait, had to wait for the police and still called in man oh man i hope you're okay brother and, yeah are you all right yeah. man and uh everything's quite okay yes i apologize for no no man. Well, thank you so much for for calling in, brothers. It's, it's we're, we're, we're honored that you that you that you were able to do that. But go ahead. Yeah. And and Anthony, I know this is right up your alley because you're you're working with individuals and BDCs all over the country. And you know, as you're walking through those in and outbound phone calls, do you do do you feel like, or do you have an opportunity to share with salespeople what each individual lead, how important each one is, instead of just feeling like, like you're going down a list, working in a call center, maybe. Bring Bring some light to that. Yeah, that's 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 one of the biggest challenges I see when I'm going to dealerships is, is how they engage and and handle leads and and at the end of the day, these leads are people on the on the other end of the of the on the of the phone, so to speak. And it's very important that we treat these people with respect because they had there's a there's a big loss of credibility in in the automotive world when it comes to car sales and. They don't trust us as it is, so we have to treat them like the individual that they are and, and to really care for them um, when we're talking to them and identify their needs. So that's something I really stress on. I, I tell people at the end of the day, this is a people business, and no matter what no matter what you're going to do, you have to be really good with people. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank and, you. And, and thank you so much. And, and uh, Mike, we're going we're gonna to keep going back to you and James here for a second. I'm going to let, Jay, uh, let uh, Jason... Rice, I, I think he had something else he wanted to add. Jason, you still with us? Yeah. Yeah, I am, and uh, don't want to get long-winded here, but, you know, just looking, we deal a lot with dealerships and their inventory, and looking at these CRMs, there's not a lot of talk about the inventory, and when I'm looking at lead providers by inventory, and let's take new, for example, uh, intuitively, you probably know, the more leads I get on vehicles in stock, the more new car leads I can get with cars with stock numbers on them, I should be able to have a higher closing percentage than leads without stock numbers on them. Yet, you know, none of the, hardly any of these CRMs, not that I know of, it will allow you to track any of that data. So we're pulling that out. And so, for example, you're bringing up these, what they call hand raiser leads, people, you know, <laughs> filling out name and email address to get a t-shirt. Now a dealer gets a lead on this. And so we start breaking down these providers, even down to the dealer's top 20, and look at, for example, one of the dealers, the highest percentage of leads are coming from, let's say, Ford Direct. Well, those four direct leads, only 4% of those leads actually come with stock numbers. So when I, it's not surprising that those leads become a very low closing percentage. Um, but the other thing, so then I look at another lead provider, maybe like a listing site like Edmonds, 
when 97% of those leads are coming in with stock numbers. So I'm getting a high percentage of those leads. So needless to say, the closing percentage on those leads are higher. Mm -hmm. But the other aspect of it is looking at lost sales. A lot of these CRMs allow you to move leads to lost. And if you look at it by provider, you know, one of the reports I was looking at earlier, I did a Facebook Live about it. I put a link on here and mentioned it. But, you know, Edmonds, for example, this dealer would only close 4%. So uh, on the surface, I'd want to close that or or cancel that lead provider. Mm -hmm. But yet I can notice that we have a high reply rate, so we're able to get a contact with these people. But we also lost 10 deals. So in reality, when I look at what I sold, the three deals the dealer did, and then the 10 that was lost, that was 13 total deals out of this batch of 77 leads, Mm -hmm. which that true lead provider closing percentage would be a 17% closing percentage. To me, that's an eye-opener into a process problem. So by lead provider, again, on the surface on a CRM, it's a very low closing percentage. When I look at lost opportunities or percentage of inventory of those leads on cars that actually have in stock, it's a different profile, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't cancel that lead provider i got to work on my process we need to do the breakdown with the salespeople too but yeah. i just wanted to touch on that you know you just can't look at closing percentage by provider and leads and sold because there's a lot deeper yeah. into some of that stuff absolutely true exposure oh, thank you thank you great lewis hotter and three fat devils in here man turn that air on <laughs> and so hey let me ask you guys so go let me go to james klaus my career let you guys weigh in a little bit here as well um as we're you know we're coming into the to the end of the show the last you know a uh, few minutes of the show but i mean you've heard we've talked a lot obviously we're kind of going around some of the same some of the same circles but there's a lot to talk about here we, we're not even scratching the surface as always within this this time frame that we have but i mean maybe mike bring up something maybe from a different perspective something that uh you know that we haven't maybe talked about something that hasn't been discussed or really maybe nobody has thought about or at least uh, mentioned on the show today that might bring a different perspective and i'm going to go to james and ask you to do the same thing but mike uh, carrera man what 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 are we not talked about Mike, the car guy, you with us still? James, what have we not talked about, man? Well, we, we haven't talked about the cause and effect. So if our people receive a list and they are scared to call that list, as we as have we as managers thought, why are they afraid to call that list? Have we failed them as far as training? I mean, if my guys ever came into my office right now and said, we're scared to call a prospect, I would assume that is my failure because I have not trained them properly on what they need to do on the phone. So if we're having a hard time connecting with people, if we're having a hard time getting our people to pick up the phones, chances are we failed them in a training aspect or we did not empower them enough to make them want to pick up the phone. When I'm dialing, I got a smile on my face. I'm standing up. I'm going bananas. Anybody that knows me knows I'm a very low energy, low key individual. (laughs) You know, no, no, I get excited. I'm me. I got to be me. You know, Mike's a super positive guy. Anthony's a, a great guy. I know him very well, but we're all a little bit different. So what can we do as managers to manage our people properly? And if they're afraid to pick up the phone, if they're afraid to engage, have we not educated them on the customer journey or the customer cycle? Where have we failed them? That would be the one thing I'd say we could bring up because it's easy to point fingers at salespeople. But remember, when we point a finger at somebody, we got three pointed right back at us, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think this is what I was talking about when we opened up and we, we really began this discussion about do salespeople or do, you know, do those who are, have access to leads, do they really understand and appreciate their value? And James kind of hit it on the head when he talked about having that excitement. I mean, if you understand their value, that's how you respond. And, and to have leadership do that 
it gets everybody, it's contagious, right? It gets everybody on board. But one of the things I want to also bring out that James kind of touched on earlier was, you know, James mentioned, um, you know, having um, your pipeline, understanding the value of, of managing your pipeline, right? right. And, and what it made me think about, and I'm glad you brought that up, James, because it made me think of, Dave, that we own 100% of our leads. Yeah. And... It's not a matter of if they're going to buy. It's when. It's on the calendar, right? Mm -hmm. When is it going to fall on the calendar when they buy? James talked about February deals, you know, falling into the first couple, first day of March, mm -hmm. and, and that's that's very true. If you if you get multiple deals on the first day, probably came from February pipeline. But that idea of understanding that you own a hundred percent of yeah. those leads, mm -hmm. um, it, I think, helps with the idea of managing a pipeline of leads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And Anthony, uh, Anthony, we, we a question I'd asked. Before I when I before I realized you weren't you weren't on in the beginning of the show, I kind of went to you, and, and brought up the fact of you know uh, the, the need and the gap for training at a dealership, and I know that's your specialty, but really mm -hmm. with a dealership, one of the first things they do is they go and they cut these lead sources, and um, because I think that we as salespeople, you know, sometimes don't value the lead for what it is. And so de so dealerships a lot of times don't know where to go because in, in a lot of times I've talked to dealers candidly to be honest with you when they're when and they don't they're not transparent a lot of times when they're trying when you're trying to sell them something because or trying to resell them something. Sure. But when you talk to them candidly behind the scene, they'll tell you, I'm not going to throw good money after bad. I'm not going, listen, I know I have a problem over here and I have to deal with that. But the reality is until I deal with that, I'm not going to spend more money in this area. So I think that maybe aware of it and, uh, but, but I don't know if they, I don't know if they're, uh, if they see the need necessarily, Anthony, a lot, a lot of times to really fix that problem or maybe even where to begin. Is that something that you think is, is, uh, that you would diagnose at a lot of dealerships across the U.S.? Uh, the fact that they don't want to, they don't want to invest in training. Is that what you're saying? I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that, yeah, not just, yeah, that would be the nutshell. But I'm saying the fact that they possibly, yeah, they don't want to invest in. They don't. They know they have a need, but maybe they don't. They don't. The need is not large enough in front of them at that point and glaring at them to where they're realizing that it's a training issue, and and, and rather than a lead issue. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, it, tra training is a, is a very big part of being successful, especially with dealing with leads. But the problem is, honestly, is the accountability. And the way I paint the picture to a dealership is I say, listen, I'm, I'm the same thing as a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. If I give you a meal plan and I give you a workout plan and you don't follow both, you're going to stay out of shape. As far as engaging leads and engaging people, it's just a language, right? We already know what people are going to push back about, the price, the research, the availability credit issues and trade-in, we already know all the main reasons why we perceive them as objections when really they're just expectations of the customer. And, you know, it's, it's, it's about practicing your craft. I put a post out this morning. I said, you know, your wordplay is going to affect your payday. If, if you don't think that the words that you say and the order that you put them in are going to affect how successful you are or you aren't on the phone, you're highly mistaken. Um, it's just a matter of making sure that you over-deliver on the customer experience and that you're speaking the same language as the customer who derives. And point. yes, dealerships would, would rather put it off than, than address it. 
Well, listen, Anthony yep. Alagona, listen, I appreciate you coming on. CEO, founder of Anthony Alagona Enterprises. And uh, reach out to him if you need help. And then, of course, we had Mike Career who posted that he got lost, uh, lost the signal, but he did post a final comment uh, to, for us not to forget. We'll get to it in a second. James Klaus, Vice President of Sales at Dealer Teamwork. Um, if you need help with good leads, you need help with uh, the right kind of lead, somebody who's been on your side of the desk, make sure you reach out to James as well. And guys, I'd encourage you to go back through, make some comments uh, because we have a lot of good questions that have come in. But thank you guys for being with us today, man. It's been it's been our honor having you on. And, and Anthony, I'm glad you're okay, man. Thank you. So, thank you so much, guys, for having me. Sorry I called in late. Nope, no problem. Thank you, James. Thank, thank you very much. Have a great day, guys. Thank you, James. You Let's recognize a couple of people as well that have joined. Uh, Bert Vickery joined. Uh, Mike Phillips, Joe Ingram. Um, if you guys scroll down for us, uh, Nick Nick Aru. Um, Travis I always, Lumsden. I, I always say Nick Aru, but I think I, he pronounces a little bit differently. <laughs> Nick Aru. Nick Aru. I love Nick Aru. Nick Aru. Um, <laughs> so uh, Got Travis BJ Gilroy. Travis Lumsden. Cool name. Pat Klein. Hey, BJ Gilroy. BJ hey, Miss BJ Gilroy. It's almost like a cartoon character name. No, it's like it's like you know. Hey, this is BJ Gilroy. We got our two o'clock appointment. This is tell him BJ Gilroy's on the phone. This is BJ Gilroy with your afternoon ride. <laughs> hey, go to. I want to read a comment. Uh, we have a couple minutes. I wanted to. Uh, and uh, do we still have any callers on Luke? Jared, Michelle, no, we're good. Spencer. Okay. Thank you. No callers. Okay. Um, go to. There's a comment by Travis Lumsden um, and Joe Ingram. They were kind of back to back there. Okay, so Joe Ingram said most dealerships lack training and accountability. It's the nature of the salesperson as a whole to take the path of least resistance. Mike Phillips' failure is always from the top down. Managers don't accept that it could be something to do with them. Leaders embrace it and make a change, then produce wins. I love that. I agree with that philosophy. We need to take responsibility um, for our teams and for the lack of production. And there was a comment by Travis Lumsden. This is pretty cool too, and this, uh -huh. is a good, this is a good comment. I'll read it just in case you can't see it. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Right? Why aren't we? Now listen, this is cool because I, I'm just, you have your glasses on though. I, I do, but at least I have okay. my glasses. On. Okay. Yeah. So why aren't we reassigning leads? Okay, instead of making them lost or Ooh, marking them lost. Oh, yeah. If one of your reps can't get a solid response from a lead, it could be a them problem. I agree with that. Amen, Travis. We should take those leads and reassign them to at least get another crack at it. The client may think. You're too old, too young, too masculine, too feminine. They won't ever tell you this, by the way. Give them another go with a different rep if they're going to make it market loss. Anyway, I can't agree with that anymore because it, it's, it's a number of things. But the reality is it could simply be. And listen, this is where you managers have to realize or you're not being effective. You have to realize who handles certain accounts. You know, yeah. look, there's certain accounts that come in. And I'll be, I'm very transparent with my guys. And I'm saying I'm going to give these accounts that may be easier or may be you know, a very, very hot lead to only a couple of reps that I know are going to do something with them. Because here's the deal. I can close them. Right. But I'm going to feed them to my guys and I'm going to give them to my guys. Sure. But the reality is they better close. Yeah. And because because you know, they're in a position that I know can close. And so you know, I tell some of the guys out there, then they go, well, why, why can I get some of those leads? Well, earn them. And what I mean by that is mature and get to the place where you figure out as a salesperson what it takes to 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 discern and read and work within side of of of, of you know of customers. And it right. could be one of those issues that Travis brought up, maybe where you know they, they they like dealing with somebody that's maybe older, younger, what have you. And of course, they're not going to tell you that. But a lot of times, it's just the lack of experience to know how to handle 
a deal and you know yeah. in a certain situation. Well, I love the idea of reassigning the leads. Is love it. I, I might even go as far as to reassign the leads and not even share with them that they were assigned to someone else in the first place. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, you because do you don't want to feel. What you know, happens is they talk though. Sometimes they talk yeah. and they find out, and you know, they get butt hurt a little bit. And the reality, <laughs> yeah. what well, they do, Could you, you know, say that again. Butt hurt. They get butt hurt. And the reality <laughs> is, you, you know, the reality is, you might as well be transparent. Sometimes, I mean, look, and I want my guys to get better. I want. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you the training that I've been on for the last six months. I want my bottom performers all to perform, middle performers all to perform, like top performers, because a top performer wasn't a top performer always. All right. And um, do you believe, me and Sean sure. Hayes talked the other day on his uh, sales hustler, do you believe they're born or made? I believe they're made. I don't believe a salesperson is born and they're not all like me and they're not all like you, right? They're not, they're just different personalities. But I, t- I tell you one thing, they all are grown. And if mm-hmm. you're going to, and grown, grown means something too. But you know what, Dave? You know what, Dave? And I don't want to harp on the training thing, mm-hmm. but you have to feed and water and seed, you know, the seed <laughs> because, and you have to do it regularly, right? It, I mean, think about it, we you t- know? We talking about, have, yes. We do. You do, yes. The point is, if... if <laughs> it's going... All right. Yes, you do, Dave. Often. Yes. Go all ahead. right. So, so great show today. A lot of talk about leads. <laughs> Tito said the way we handle leads is a part of the experience. Meet the customer where they are and provide the experience that makes them want to tell the world about you and how easy it was to do business with you and your dealership. Amen, brother. And you know, by the way, Tito, when he called in, Dave, he took ownership of the leads like we were talking about, that you own 100% of the leads. He sees leads everywhere he goes. He sees an opportunity, whether it's someone he meets, you know, at the coffee shop or whatever the case may be, like he talked about. Mm -hmm. I love that. Everyone, it's called the walking lead, just like the walking dead, but uh, except for they're alive. Yes. So, what do you say, Lou? Kim, why are you looking at me like that? Why are you laughing at me? Because I threw you off. Hey, so we had to look, let's read a couple comments. We, real quick, as we get ready to end the show, Jared Michelle Spencer, if a salesperson says a lead is lost in the CRM, I always reassign to someone else. When they bought, I show the first salesman, they said it was nothing. Amen. I love that. It's training because it's not to rub it in their face. It's not to go, hey, hey, hey. It's to go, look, man, it's a teaching point. If we want our people to be better then we've got to teach them, and we can't be afraid. Listen, the worst thing you can do is not teach somebody and take something away from them, not teach them, give them, give them a legitimate opportunity to not penalize them, but to teach them, and then, because, and then fire them. Look, the worst thing we could do is, is three months down the road, fire somebody that we never told what we expect them to do. Sit down with them. Tell them this is what you're doing wrong. I'm removing this lead from you because I'm showing you that it's not a lost lead, but it is a lead that can be worked. And you will get these leads when you learn how to work them. Now, I want you to go over and talk to so-and-so and figure out what they did that you weren't able to do or whatever it is. And use that as a teaching moment, I promise you. Laura Hayes, yes, I have a client that has an employee that their only job is to revive the dead leads. It works. Amen. Amen. Uh, Laura Hayes. Yes. Very good. Mm. Very good. So great show. Let's talk about some upcoming shows because I yeah. think we're pretty much out of time. Yep. So let's talk about uh, we've got uh, coming up, we've got Blinker and Offer what Up. What are you looking at it for? What? Oh. oh, yeah. we got some upcoming shows. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> producers like, what are you telling them that for? We're going to change the shows. We say, you know, that is one thing that's really cool about Auto Dealer Live, though, Dave is that we do change shows. Like sometimes if we have something hot that's going on in the market, we're going to just switch 
switch things up and was yeah. that a good recovery or no? No, I don't I don't know what he was even talking about. <laughs> I couldn't read his lips. I mean, he was he was just I think he was just telling us to wrap it up. All right. All right. So hey, we That's had a good. grant brand new. I know you guys welcomed her on uh, face some of you guys saw on Facebook, but we have a uh, social media specialist that has joined our company. She's amazing. Her name is yes. Taria. That's Maria with a T and she's awesome. And uh, she is has joined our company, and we're so excited to have her. So we're going to give her a Facebook hand. If you guys are watching, man, Taria has been managing. She's right in front of me here, and her and Kim, and they're managing the social media. Can you give her some likes? Come on, give her some hearts. Give her some likes. Just tell her she's done a great job. I'm watching the screen, and I'm watching her. Before you even finish commenting, she's like, thank you. Thank you. She's we, on it, man. Can you come over just to wave? Can you come over? Come, come on, around just to wave? Come on over. Because, you know, when this you're watching Taria. in the audience, you're, you're yeah. like imagining who's over there, who's over there. Say this hi. This is Taria. Hey. hey. <laughs> so very, very cool. We're so happy to have her yep. as part of the IPD family. Hey, we have a great show next week. We won't tell you what it is, but it is great. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. All right. Oh, we got to give some stuff away, Lou. Oh, we're giving some you're stuff away. You're supposed to do that. We're going to give it away. What are we giving away? What are we giving yeah. away? You guys have time for... So today's top influencer is going to win some swag, some stuff. What we have, Lou? We have Tell us what we have. T-shirts from Reunion Marketing. As you can see on the bottom of the screen, Throw me a shirt. you will see nice. the shirts being worn by our model, Tommy Uwell. Tommy Elwell. Elwell wearing our shirts. Oh, yeah. He is on the Did screen. you hear that? Yes. You hit the microphone. Yeah, but the Stop shirt did. Yeah. That sounds pretty freaky. All right. So there's your right, so you got, uh, those you got, are T-shirts. We'll that's a pretty cool away. shirt, yeah, right? Nice shirt. Who wants a Reunion Marketing shirt? Come on. Kind whoever, whoever just, I mean, I want the most hearts, the most likes. This is a cool shirt right here. I got one when it came in. What else we have? You give me we a couple three, more. Three T-shirts. Three T-shirts. And it's, it's, are these the uh, these are the three are, shirts we're giving yes, away? Sir. So it's all reunion marketing today. Reunion marketing. That's all a pretty today. cool shirt. Look at that. Yeah. Come on, man. Dinosaur evolve. Right, you can't see it, but it's like a little dinosaur on there. It says evolve, right? Yep. Little cactus, little dinosaur. That's pretty cool. It's like a little bit, you know, whatever little video game looking dinosaur walking over some cactuses. You know, I don't. Need, Here's yeah. one that's really cool too. Yeah. <laughs> this Thank one's you. got a rocket ship with mm -hmm. all kind of like little icon buttons that you see on your. Phones and computers. Woo! Thank you, Reunion Market. Hey, for the I tell you what, three, t three, the three people going with the T-shirts are. I want you guys just, just real quick, just, just post your comments, post something you love about Auto Dealer Live. All right, and so we're gonna pick, we're gonna pick publicly right on the feed. We'll pick three comments. We'll pick them in five minutes. So in five minutes, you have five minutes. Just post on the feed something you like about Auto Dealer Live, whatever it is. You know what I mean? If you like, you know. And if you say the opening opening monologue, you automatically win. You might automatically <laughs> win the shirt. Yeah. All right. Thank you, True Car. Ooh. Thank you, Flick Fusion, for your sponsors. Yes, thank you, True Car. We got some cool swag coming from True Car, right? Yes, sir. And then we have some uh, Flick Fusion swag as well. We're going to be giving away. And you guys are a great audience, man. We love you, and thank you for listening and for hanging with us and all your comments. So I look forward to seeing what you guys like about Auto Deal Live. So we're going to give these shirts away in four minutes. Four minutes.